Welcome to Parent Talk Podcast, the podcast for busy parents, where experienced parents and expert guests give tips and tricks to make parenting a breeze. Well, at least a little easier. Now here is your host, Genevieve Kyle, and co-host, Becca U. Lewis. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Season 5 of Parent Talk, everything parenting and more. I'm your host, Genevieve Kalafad, mom of two, and I'm, of course, with my co-host, Becca Yu lewis Hi, Becca. Hi, it's Becca, the co-host of Parent Talk and also a mom of two, and we're excited for another opportunity to learn and grow with our children today. Let's welcome another wonderful guest to help us do that. Yes, so today we're talking about why leaving the house in the morning can be a nightmare. I think we can all talk about this, right? <laughs> so we have with us today uh, Sean Groover from New York City. Sean is a psychotherapist, a speaker, an author, and a dad of two. So hi, Sean, and welcome back to Parent Talk Podcast. Hi, Genevieve and Becca. Thank you. Greetings from New York City. I've asked the city to be a little quieter for this episode. So let's see how it does. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. This is a great topic, by the way. Yes, I think so. I was uh, I sent Sean a few topics and this is what you picked. And I was pleased that you picked that one because uh, I think that's a good one. Right. So let's 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 dive in. Let's do it. So today. So what makes uh, the morning so difficult for some families? You know, I was thinking about that question all day and I thought, I don't know a family that breezes through the morning. Uh, I, you know, like kids are all dressed and out the door on time. It's very unusual to find a family like that. So morning chaos seems to be built in to parenting, depending on the age of your kids. Uh, so the mornings, uh, usually we have to look at what happens the night before. Are we prepared the night before? Are we exhausted? Is someone sick? Have your parents had a fight they didn't tell you about? Now they're not talking. You know, are there tensions that weren't there? So the morning, everyone's, uh, their ego is a little weaker, their defenses are down, they're hungry, maybe they don't wanna get up, maybe the time changed and now like it's dark in New York at 4.30 or in the morning you wake up, it's pitch black out at seven. Uh, you know, seasonal affect disorder, everyone claims to have that suddenly, all the kids who are really smarty pants, like I have seasonal affect disorder. Like, and their parents are like, just get out of the house, you know? So the mornings are a really a chaotic time. And, and to, to really get on top of them, we got to look at, we got to do a lot of preemptive work. You know, if you're in the middle of a chaotic morning, that is not the time to sit down and figure out how to do things. That's not the time. Usually people, when they're tired or exhausted or irritable, they decide, oh, now's a good time to talk about this really difficult subject. And you get the worst of everyone you know, short-tempered and ornery and, and everything. So uh, as we go through this, we're really going to look at what you do before the morning, the night before, which is essential for a smoother morning. Oh, man, you're saying I have to prep the night before to <laughs> before Absolutely. I even get started. You know, we That's managed right. to get out of the house. We managed to get out of the house on, pretty much on time most of the time, but the school is only five minutes away. Um, but it is never easy and it's always chaotic. So mm. tell me what would be the first step parents can, can take? So does it have to start the night before to make it, it you know, a little less crazy? Been, actually, it starts the night. First of all, as, as parents, you're sort of managers of your little company, of your, your kids, you know, so 
and managers had to sit down and plan together, right? They don't go like, oh, let's just wing it today. Maybe you can do that, but not all the time. So, um, you know, sitting down with your partner and working out uh, a strategy for the morning. Some kids are not great in the morning. Some kids are. If there are two kids, you may handle them completely differently. You know, so, um, you know, example of this would be, uh, uh, you know, no screens in the morning till you leave the house. No screens. If your child wakes up and starts playing a game on their phone or a game on their computer, it's war to get them off that. They're not really awake and now they've attached themselves to this. So that's just one example. No screens before leaving the house. I work with families where they hand the phones out on the way out the door. You know, uh, also uh, picking out clothes in advance. I have two girls who will destroy each other over borrowed clothes. So uh, literally one of my girls who was a little more hyperactive, there were nights when she was little, we just put her to bed in her school clothes. We just got her out the door and we fed her on the way because the mornings it was too difficult for us to manage. But really looking at it, where, where are the difficulties? Where, where do they flare up? If someone wakes up and doesn't know where their shoes are, that's a big problem suddenly. Or like, you don't know where your house keys are, your car keys are, you don't know. So if you have a chaotic household, you are most certainly gonna have a chaotic morning. Mm-hmm. So is it possible that um, difficulties in the morning are more intense for like some children? I know some children are more sensitive, some children, yeah, like you said earlier, Sean, they're just more tired, but is it a pattern or is it something that it's just happened more to certain children? Well, yeah, if we look at parenting, you know, parenting, this is probably the first generation that took parenting as seriously as it, as it does, right? I don't think... I certainly know my father didn't lay in bed wondering, I wonder if my parenting is good enough. You know, this is like a whole idea that we're reading books on parenting, that we're working on our parenting, we're thinking about our kids. So uh, some kids, you know, although we have, the, you know, that emphasis on parenting, if parenting were everything, every kid in the family would be identical, right? But they're not. They each come wired with this the particular tendencies or personalities, a particular metabolism. Um, so for a kid that uh, is on the go constantly, uh, I often, you know, advise parents, you know, do, can, are they going to the same school? Is one parent taking two kids or are you splitting up? Whenever possible, if you have two parents, one parent, one kid always works better. If I go out to lunch with one of my daughters when they're little, we'd have a great time. But if I went out with two, suddenly I couldn't say anything. They're like, you you never say that to me or, hey, that's mine. And blah, blah, blah. So kids love individual attention. There was one time, I think when my daughter was maybe third grade, we would alternate. It was daddy day. I took her out. Uh, we got a bagel at the corner and we'd sit and eat. And it, she needed a lot of like, get her out of the house, and she would wake up on the way to school. Uh, otherwise, you know, you have those kids that like, uh, they wake up with a sense of chaos, they, you know, or irritability. And uh, if you had to find things and, and uh, or if they go on their computer or if uh, they pretending to be sick, I mean, 
it's a lot harder with one with trying to juggle two kids you know so if you can split it up between the two that's great if you have a special needs child naturally that child's going to need extra attention one of my uh, daughters has a um, what do they call it executive functioning difficulties right do you know about that that's the ability to organize, initiate, and complete tasks. These kids usually, their backpack looks like something exploded in it. Their bedroom looks like a crime scene. You know, it's just chaos, chaos, chaos. And now in her dorm room, oh, oh the same thing. Uh, we had, you know, so uh, with her, we had had everything ready in advance. The backpack was packed and at the front door. Her outfit was picked out. And we were trying to get her out the door even half awake. Because we knew once she started playing with her toys, it was going to be war, just war. So knowing your kid and knowing, you know, when you sit down and talk about the mornings and who uh, I'll take care of this, you take care of it, you divide up the responsibilities. Is there a breakfast already made? Is it in the fridge? Is it a matter of toasting something? Are you going to take it with you on the way out the door? All those things kind of grease the wheels of a smoother morning. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it sounds like divide and conquer. If if there's more divide than one child and there's more than one parent, divide and conquer. Okay, so th that Absolutely. may be why we are chaotic in our household, but uh, usually things run pretty smoothly. I deal with food, breakfast and lunch. My husband deals there with the go. kids. So there I guess he has the harder job <laughs> until, I, until it's right. school time. We, yeah, that's right. I, if in our house when the kids were younger, I was the morning guy. Mm -hmm. I did all the morning stuff. I was the morning dad because I worked into the evening. So they, we, I took control of the mornings and my wife did the evenings or the pickup. But it, it, if you're lucky enough to have two parents, then dividing up responsibility and also knowing what is, oh, what, what is your strength, right? I was terrible at homework when it came to math, when it came to uh, certain subjects, but when it came to uh, literary writing or something like that, they'd always come to me. One daughter just she wanted to, you know, uh, she made a deal that she felt the best time to do her homework was before school, right? Which meant getting up at five thirty. So kids love to uh, they call it like succeeding out of spite, you know. Where she was like, "No, I, I'm going to try. I, I can do it." And we're like, "All right." Ooh. I don't know. It sounds crazy. She's like, no. And for her, for, for while she was in uh, a certain phase, that was her quiet time. She, that child would get up early, do her homework. To this day, she gets up and makes breakfast. She has a whole routine where my other daughter just woke up like screaming, <laughs> you know, like not knowing where anything is. And I'm running late. And then, you know, so they're totally different kids, totally different needs. Uh, and I was better with one under certain circumstances. My wife was better with the other on other on other circumstances. So really, sitting down and talking that through, it really preparing, is a gift you give to yourself. Because really, honestly, who wants to go through that kind of morning chaos every day? And then you drop your kid off in the worst mood, or you know, it could just trickle, trickle back. Great. So so preparing. Divide and conquer. Now, are there any other tips that you would uh, want to share that could make mornings more smooth? What else could we do? Well, I, I want to know, you know, last time I was on the show, we talked about parent burnout. Remember? Mm -hmm. Parent burnout. And the thing about parent burnout is this, if you're burnt out, 
you can read every parenting book. I can give you a list of solutions. They're not going to be very effective because if you're burnt out, you have less patience, you have a shorter fuse, you're um, more reactive, you're more impulsive. Now, children are really impulsive and reactive. So now if they have a parent that's impulsive and reactive, you've got just this, this recipe for this just total chaos. So I think really checking in, who's the morning person? Who, or do some parents say to me, they get up before everyone, that's their time. They read the paper, they have the breakfast. It's, it's their little piece of heaven. So by the time their child is waking up, they're grounded. I like to call it tuning your instrument. You know, If you tune your instrument first thing in the morning, then you can play lots of different tunes. But if you skip tuning it, no matter what you do, it just doesn't sound right, it doesn't feel right. So self-care, tending to your own needs, what do I need for, if you start taking care of better care of yourself, you naturally have a much more creative uh, response to mornings. There was one parent, kids always behave in front of other people. If other people are around, it's just like a secret weapon. You know, they're not gonna be at their worst if someone's there. And I was working with a single, single mom who noticed that when her neighbor who's a college student was around, her son was like so well behaved. He loved this guy. So she, we talked about it. She decided to invite him over for breakfast multiple times a week. And she would make them both breakfast and they would leave together. And she said her, it was like a miracle, you know? So seeing his, her response to that young man and that he wanted to be, you know, mature and big and like him, that became our secret weapon for her morning, very unique to her situation. Uh, so whatever we talk about today, we really had to look through the lens of your family because every family has a different culture, right? You can have the same language, same complexion, different cultures. Some families curse. I see this in my office, it's so shocking to me. And some parents, it's a yelling match from the word go. Parents establish the culture in their family. They have to take responsibility for that. And again, sitting down with your partner and saying like, I don't want this to be a yelling family anymore. I don't want morning chaos anymore. What can, how can we work together to undo this? You have to come at it consciously. This is not something that's gonna evolve miraculously. It takes sustained, concentrated effort to change a pattern like this. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. So um, Sean, uh, I have your book here and I just wanna grab mm. it for everyone to see. I have read your book, but it's been a while and I feel I should like open up to a few, few pages again. <laughs> and uh, it's called, it's into, it's uh, the title is when kids call the shots. I have quite a few of my friends and people that I know from the show that I actually bought your book after this is the first time you're on the show. We talked about this and uh, I want to know, um, do you cover these kinds of difficulties in your book and your parenting book? Absolutely. I, I, a big part, I don't know if I said this last time, but you know, when I wrote the book and I presented it to uh, the publisher, uh, I, I, I was going to call it, you know, how parents screw up their kids. And uh, the publisher said, oh, that's not going to sell. And I said, well, why not? I want a manual for parents, like for how to parent with that, you know, in these sort of trappings. And they're like, it's not going to sell because parents don't want to work on themselves. They want to blame their kids for their problems. And I thought, oh, we got a big fight over this. So 
they changed the title of the book, but the first six chapters, first few chapters talk about how were you parenting? What worked in your childhood? What did you resent? What did you gain? How, you know, to really reflect what was it like for you as a child? You know, so the book really asks you to do some deep self-analysis to make conscious decisions about the parent you want to be. And morning chaos, I know a lot of people grew up with chaos and they're determined not to continue that with their own children. Uh, but all these reflective uh, moments of thinking about what worked for you, what didn't work for you. Once a 12-year-old said to me, what's, it, what's with adults? Do, do they forget what it was like to be kids? And I think we do. I think we do. And there's a wealth of information that we can harness for that uh, about our own childhood and then make conscious decisions about how we want to parent. Not just blindly repeat these patterns that maybe were handed down. So the book really asks parents to, um, to work on themselves first. Before you blame your kids, ask yourself, is there something I could be doing differently to get a different result? Or is there something I'm doing to contribute to this problem? That if you can, it's like, you know, uh, trying to move a shadow on the wall without considering the object. You know, if the parent makes changes, a lot of times parents will come to my office and I'll say, I don't need to see your kids. We're going to work on you guys. And the kids get better. Because after all, you're with a therapist 45 minutes, an hour a week. The parents are with them the entire rest of the time. And I have found when the parents function better with more unity and more, uh, you know, in synchronicity, the child gets better. Child didn't need therapy. It just needed more responsible, more mature parenting. Is that mean? I feel like that was mean. <laughs> it's funny that you're saying this because this is an ongoing conversation with myself. How can I do this better? Like you said, you get up. Now we think about how's my parenting. And then I'm thinking, shoot, maybe I have to stop going to bed at midnight or one o'clock in the morning. I'm obviously a night owl, but I'm not a best mom or I'm my best if I go to bed that late, right? So I'm like tweaking this, creating new intention. And sometimes it's little details like this, but actually it makes me better, a better person and more fun, even with myself. My own conversation in my head when I'm more rested, I mean, I, mean, I have basically very little time by myself in a day. And I know all parents can hear what I'm saying right now. And we, I have to have my own space to, to have balance, right? So that was my little trap there because I, I stretched that to a point. Then like my conversation was getting a little bit dark some mornings and everybody around, including my kids, my husband was paying the price. So tuning in, looking at what's happening, what worked, what doesn't work and just let's not lie to yourself, right? I think we are um, the source and of a lot of problems in our families. Let's say, let's, I don't know if I can put it like that, but what do you think, Sean? Well, problem is a strong word. <laughs> I know, I'm like, is it a problem? Uh, well, a little secret, you know, working with families is, you know, when the, the minutes of the parents come in the room, the therapist is studying them, studying them, studying them. And sometimes parents come in and I get a headache in 30 seconds. I think, wow, I was in, I was feeling fine a little while ago. And then you discover that they disagree about everything. They over petty things. They're constantly fighting. So the tension I was picking up, naturally the child is picking up. A father called me this morning. I, I, I never met this man, but he started ranting on the phone at such a pitch. 
and and now the school wants to have a therapist but i'll tell you i don't believe in therapy you know i'm like why are you yelling <laughs> what's going on you know so if he's got that level intensity uh or uh, a mother brought in her son recently and he's suffering from terrible stomach cramps and anxiety and he can't sleep and the minute i met her she's so anxious oh my god i thought what can it be like to live with someone who's constantly worrying, 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 especially with COVID, you know, there's a disaster is just around the corner. You gotta be really careful. So a child gets really nervous, you know? Uh, so looking at ourselves, a lot of parents, you know, they, they, they treat the therapist like you're dropping the car off for, you know, work, but that's not how it works. You know, we, we start with you. You know, once I said to a couple, just very innocently, I said, I get the feeling that there's an imbalance in your parenting. Like maybe one of you is like the taskmaster, like gets everything done. And then the other one's like the fun parent. They fought so loud that the husband stormed out of my office and slammed the door. I just asked a question, you know, so that they had that much trouble in their marriage. It was manifesting in their children. It was manifesting in their children. So um, yeah, you're absolutely right, Genevieve. We had to start with ourselves. We had to take a really, really good look in the mirror. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Sean. So we can find you on our panel of expert with your other podcast at parenttalk.ca. Where else can we find you? Oh, my goodness. Uh, well, you can find me on my website with SeanGrover.com. You can find my book on all the book sites, Amazon and all those. The book is in five languages. So if you think, you know, you're suffering as a parent, but when that book keeps getting translated, I think, oh, my God, this is a universal condition, you know, so uh, Twitter and all those spots. But thank you so much for having me. You guys are always, always doing such great work and parents need the support that you're offering. Really, it's a tough job, isn't it? It's like the toughest job. No one prepares you for how difficult it is. I, can't I know it's like it everybody lied about it, right? <laughs> It's like a conspiracy, you know, like your parents want you to suffer, you know, have kids, have kids. Oh, everyone forgets. Everyone forgets what it's like. And they're like, do you remember what it was like when we were children? <laughs> I know. And then uh, people without children are like from another planet. You know, someone says like, oh, I spent the day in bed and just binge watched. And then I went, I'm like, what? <laughs> How do you get to do that? You know, I could never do a shower is a luxury item when you have small kids, you know, going out to dinner requires babysitters and preparation and everything. So hats off to you guys for, for supporting these parents because, boy, we need it. We need it. It's a tough job and it can feel very lonely at times. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's true. Well, that concludes today's episode. So Becca and I would like to thank you, Sean, for taking the time okay. to be here and bringing thank so you. much value to all of us parents, helping us grow and be the best parents we can be, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. So for our listeners, if you have a question, you would like to join us on our show as a guest or as an expert, please visit the contact us section on our website at parenttalk.ca. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and we are now, Sean, on uh, YouTube uh, at Parent Talk oh, TV. Are. Yeah. Oh, wow. So you can find us on YouTube and you can follow Sean on Twitter, right? Follow me on Twitter. And so people are going to be able to watch this video on YouTube? Yes. Oh my gosh, you two are so young and fresh. I look like I feel like you're visiting your grandfather. <laughs> I should have freshened up a little bit. <laughs> 
it's great to know live, right? It's great to know about those things live. Well, of course, now everyone, you can subscribe directly to this podcast on our website at parenttalk.ca. So we hope you enjoyed today's episode and we're inviting you to share it on your social media. And as we all know, and as we talked about earlier, parenting can be hard. So remember, it's important to laugh, keep learning, cherish your village and be true to yourself, everyone. So thank you so much for joining us today and have a great week. Bye. The views and or opinions of the host and their guests are not necessarily those of Parent Talk and should not be considered as fact. The information offered is believed to be accurate but is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be used for diagnosing or treating any health issue or prescribing medication. If you have any questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your child, please seek assistance from a qualified healthcare practitioner.